Amen, amen, amen. Aren't you thankful to be in the house of God with the people of God on a Sunday morning? It's a beautiful day outside. If you stand with me for the reading of the Word of God, I'm going to read one passage of Scripture. God laid a message on my heart several, several days ago, and I've chewed on it, and I, I, I feel very confident in what I'm about to preach. The only thing I'm not confident in is that I can just stay in the notes and get it done. I told my wife, I've got 40 minutes worth of notes, and I feel like I could preach four hours. I'm going to do my best to stay on the 40-minute end of that spectrum. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14 says this, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I want to preach for a few moments from this subject. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. Why don't you take a moment and lift your hands to the majesty and the glory of God. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you, Lord, for a sacrifice that was paid. Thank you, Lord, for blood that cleanses and washes. Thank you, Lord, for what the blood does in my life. I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. You'd anoint your word, anoint your messenger, and anoint this people, Lord, to receive that word. Let it touch our hearts and let it change us. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Your body contains about five quarts of an absolutely miraculous fluid called blood. This perfect mix of proteins and salt and platelets and red blood cells and white blood cells is precisely engineered to deliver oxygen and nutrients throughout your body with precision and efficiency. There are about 40 trillion cells in your body, and the blood is made accessible to them by a vast network of arteries and veins and capillaries that is literally 100,000 miles long within your body. Think about that for a minute. That river of life delivers the oxygen that powers your cellular structure and it carries away the toxins that poison your body. When we're injured, the blood delivers a clotting agent that stops the bleeding. When we're sick, it's the blood that delivers the antibodies that fight for our survival. This incredible substance is the most mysterious fluid known to man. Indeed, the mystery of life is locked within the blood. It's absolutely vital to your existence. No cell in your body is ever further than a hair's breadth away from the constant flow of blood. If you separate it from that flow, immediately it begins to die. Moses had absolutely no concept of microbiology. But under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he penned these words in Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. I come to tell somebody in this place on a Sunday morning, never have truer words been spoken. As long as the blood flows through your body, it brings life. And no man ever dies until the blood ceases to circulate because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Since the early 1600s, scientists have searched for an alternative to blood, 
a substitute that could be used to replenish and replace blood in traumatic medical emergencies. Everything over the years, I read a lot of history, some of it you don't want to know about. Everything over the years has been tried from the early 1600s to now, from milk to urine, believe it or not, to beer, to lamb's blood. Everything has been tried as a substitute for blood, and none of it works. As we've grown smarter, and as medicine has become more advanced, some of the most brilliant minds in the world have worked to create a viable blood substitute. While some have ma mastered a measure of success and been able to create products that can deliver oxygen to the cells and maintain life for short periods of time, today there is nowhere in the world a substitute for blood that can last any longer than a day at the most, perhaps two on the outside in a very traumatic medical situation. Nothing has been ever been created by man uh, that can that can do everything uh, that blood can do it can carry oxygen but it can't heal uh, it can carry oxygen but or it can carry a clotting agent but it can't carry oxygen uh, there's nothing ever been created by humanity that can match what the blood can do i want you to think about it for a minute we can create synthetic insulin we can engineer synthetic hormones. We can manufacture synthetic nutrients. But with all of our knowledge and ability, with everything that science and chemistry brings to the table, we cannot duplicate blood. I come to this pulpit on a Sunday morning to tell somebody under the sound of my voice, there is no substitute for the blood. Nothing can do what the blood does. Nothing can take the place of the blood in your life. Amen. It's really incomprehensible, but within it is the spark of life. Within it is everything that you need. Can I get an amen? Amen. You know where I'm going because what is true about the natural reflects that which is true about the spiritual. And I'm here to tell you on a Sunday morning, there is no substitute for the blood of Jesus Christ in your life. Nothing else in this world can do for you what his blood will do for you. Nothing else in this world can take the place of the blood of Jesus in your life. It's a truth that God has been revealing to humanity from the very dawn of creation. Ever since the splendor of the Garden of Eden, in that paradise, God commanded Adam and Eve to refrain from eating the fruit of one tree in the Garden of Eden. You can have anything you want. You can eat of the tree of life freely, but whatever you do, don't partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But they disobeyed God, and they transgressed his word uh, and their sin required atonement and their feeble attempt to cover themselves by weaving together a covering that the Hebrew language describes as loincloths out of the leaves uh, of fig trees uh, was not enough. Uh, it couldn't get it done. Uh, amen. They had disobeyed God uh, and that disobedience required atonement. Uh, so God slew an animal uh, and he gave them great coats. Uh, the Hebrew word for coats. Uh, amen. These great coats that covered them uh, to cover the nakedness of their body. 
bodies. Uh, those hides that covered them that day uh, were the skin of a living animal, uh, and their significance was about more than just an ample covering uh, for the nakedness of their bodies. Uh, it took the it took more than just clothing uh, to cover up their sin. Uh, it took the shedding uh, of blood. Uh, what God was saying: You can't make this on your own. Uh, you can't manufacture this uh, for yourself. Uh, you can't find substitutes to get it done. It takes a covering of blood to cover sin. I come to this pulpit on a Sunday morning to tell somebody nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away the stain of sin. Uh, nothing but the blood of Jesus uh, can undo uh, what this world has done uh, in your life. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, uh, who is the faithful witness uh, and the first begotten of the dead uh, and the prince of the kings of the earth, uh, unto him that loved us. Aren't you thankful for his love? and washed us from our sins in his own blood unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood how did he love you Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6 says who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, uh, he humbled himself uh, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I'll tell you how much he loves you. He loved you through the cross. He loved you through the blood that was shed. He loved you through the blood that flowed down an old rugged cross. Amen. Through the shedding of innocent blood. That inequitable exchange of the just for the unjust. That's how much he loves you. Amen. He shed his blood. Why? Because nothing else can wash away the stain of sin. He shed his blood. Why? Because there's nothing in this world that can do what his blood can do. Amen. The old songwriter said it. I've done something I've never done before. I am not a singer, and I can't sing, and I'm not going to try. But, Jimmy, when I start thinking about the blood of Jesus, and I start sitting in my, I'm sitting in my armchair this morning before the sun ever come up with my computer in my hand, I'm typing frantically, amen, and I'm putting down what the Spirit's putting in me, and these songs uh, just start rolling through my spirit. I, I just can't help it, uh, amen, they start coming out. I, I can't sing them, uh, but I know Ryan can, so I said, I want you just to stay closer. If I was a singing preacher, I'd do this by myself, but I'm just a preaching preacher. This is all you get. Amen. I can shout and snort and holler and read a little bit of Greek and understand a little bit of Hebrew. You're going to have to leave the singing up to somebody else. But the old songwriter said this, what can wash away my sin? Amen. I want you to sing it with him. Somebody say it. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on, what can what do it? Can make me whole again. Nothing. Nothing but the, Nothing blood, but the blood of, of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, precious is that, that Lord. 
that makes me white as snow oh, no other found I know nothing but the, nothing blood, but the blood of, of Jesus. I want to tell you this morning on a Sunday morning that's not but it's more than just the words of a song. It's more than just an old hymn that we dug up somewhere from the back of the songbook. There's nothing that can do for you what the blood of Jesus does for you. There's nothing that can wash away your sin. There's nothing that can make you whole again. There's nothing that can replace the blood. Revelation chapter four, chapter seven, verse fourteen. I read it for text, uh, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. Uh, and he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes uh, and made them white uh, in the blood uh, of the Lamb. Uh, I want to tell you something this morning. Sin stains you from the inside out. It leaves an indelible mark of death uh, upon your life. Uh, don't ever get uh, don't ever get confused about the fact that uh, sin, the pleasure of sin, may last for a season. Uh, amen. But what follows after uh, is that indelible stain uh, of death. Uh, it robs from you your life. Uh, it robs from you your vitality. Uh, it robs from you your future and it stains you with a scarlet red that cannot be washed away by any other means but the blood of Jesus because nothing else can do what the blood does. I'm here to tell you, you can reform yourself from bad habits. You can remove, amen, you can change the way you conduct your life, but you can't take away the stain of sin. You can discipline your flesh and you can force yourself to follow a standard of conduct, amen, but you can't remove the stain of sin from your life. Uh, amen. You can make up your mind uh, that you're going to live a certain way, uh, that you're not going to do certain things, uh, and you can walk uh, a straight and narrow, but you can't take away uh, the stain of sin uh, on your heart. By the sheer power of human will alone, some can break the hold of addiction in their lives, but none can remove the damage that sin has done to the heart, to the mind, to the emotions. Amen. Sin does something to you you don't understand. Sin does more to you than you've ever imagined. Amen. When you put yourself in that place that you let sin reign in your mind and in your body, it does something to you that nothing in this world can fix but the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no self-help book. There's no seven-step program. There's no philosophy of humanity uh, that could ever wash away the stain of sin on your life. But all oh, the blood. Thank God for the blood. Because once I was clothed in filthy rags. Once my life uh, was covered by the devastation of sin. Uh, once I was marked and marred. Uh, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be. Uh, amen. Your life doesn't have to be the sum uh, of all of your past mistakes. Uh, you don't have to carry around with you. Uh, amen. The stain uh, of the failure of everything you've messed up uh, in your life. Uh, I was covered uh, in filthy garments. Uh, but I met Jesus Christ. Uh, and he washed me in his blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Jesus, uh, it cleanses me. Uh, oh, the blood of Jesus, uh, it washes me. Uh, all the detergent in the world uh, can't wash away sin stain. Amen. 
The best Tide Pod they ever made uh, can't remove uh, what sin does. Uh, amen. All the counseling in the world won't ever fix uh, the emotional damage uh, that sin does in your life. Uh, but thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. I lift my voice with that old songwriter, David, who said in the 51st Psalm, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. I need a washing. I need a cleansing. I need to go down in the blood of Jesus. I can't wash myself. I can't cleanse myself. I can't make myself right. And I hear the response of my heavenly father in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18 you can quote it when they come now and let us reason together saith the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool only Jesus can take the scarlet stains and wash them in red blood and make them whiter than snow there's no substitute for his blood now you may be sitting there this morning and you may be thinking brother McCall you just don't understand I've done too much I've gone too far my sin is too great let me tell you something about the blood of Jesus Christ it has the power to wash away every sin its ability is not limited. First John chapter 1 and verse 7 said, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Now, I don't want to get real far over your head, but let me give you a real simple language lesson this morning. That word all it means the same thing in Greek that it means in English. It means everything you've ever done, everything you've ever been a part of, every transgression, every sin, every failure, every fault. Amen. His blood is enough to cleanse every sin. His blood is enough to cure every wrong. His blood is enough to cover every failure. His blood is enough. Every sin imaginable, every transgression possible, every shortcoming, every fault, and every failure, whatever it is that hell's holding over your head this morning, you need to hear this preacher. The blood of Jesus is more than enough to wash away the stain of all sin. Somebody say it with me. All sin. All sin. It doesn't depend on what the meaning of all is because all means everything. All Oh, sin. I don't care how many times you messed up. I don't care how often you failed. I don't care what your past says about you. I don't care what your enemies holding over your head. My Bible said the blood of Jesus cleanses all sin. First Corinthians chapter six and verse nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Watch this next part. And such were some of you. That was who we were. That is what we were. Amen. That is what sin did to us. That is what the world made of us. But, he said, oh, thank God for that little word, but. But you're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God, I'm here to tell you, my friend, nothing can do for you what the blood does. There's no other source of redemption in your life. There's no other escape from the bondage of sin. Redemption is a metaphor that is drawn from slavery. When we talk about redemption, we're talking about being brought out of slavery. Redemption is something you can't accomplish for yourself. The slave can't set himself free. But Psalm chapter 49 and verse 6 says this. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of the riches. None of them, none. They've got a bunch of riches. They're wealthy. They boast in that. The whole world looks at them and say they could buy anything they want to buy. But this is what he said. None of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him for the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceaseth forever you can't redeem yourself you don't, you don't all the money in the world won't get it done amen you cannot redeem another you can't purchase a brother out of the slavery of sin amen you can't all the riches in the world are not able to redeem a soul silver and gold will never be enough. David said, it takes something precious. And so Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It takes the precious blood. It takes the precious blood of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Not not just any blood, but precious blood. Not just any blood, but innocent blood. Amen. From Adam to Jesus, there never was an innocent human being, and there never has been one since. But Jesus Christ was heaven's only spotless lamb. And he came to take away the sins of the whole world. No other blood can do what his blood can do. Because his blood is precious blood. His blood is the only innocent blood. His blood. Amen. There's something different about this redemption. There's something different about this blood. There was a practice in New Testament times where a slave that was in slavery could redeem himself out of slavery. It, offered a, it involved a financial offering offered to an idol deity. It worked this way. The slave would go to the temple of an idol god, 
and he would make a deposit of money at the temple. And the priest of that temple would act as the go-between between the slave and his master. And they would go to the master and they would tell the master that the idol deity wished to purchase the slave out of slavery. And in the eyes of the culture that Peter was riding into, the purchase price was silver or gold. And that silver or gold could set a slave free from his master. But the culture said, if you were redeemed by a deity, amen, you were still a slave. Uh, you were just a slave uh, to that deity. Uh, and in the view of that culture, uh, the man could not redeem himself. Uh, only a God could redeem him uh, and if a God redeemed him uh, then he owed his allegiance uh, to that God so when Peter begins to write uh, to the church uh, he's using a play on words uh, he's using something that resonates uh, within the culture of his time uh, what he's telling them first of all is that when you're redeemed by Jesus uh, you belong to Jesus uh, you can't redeem yourself uh, amen you can't come up with that money on your own uh, only Jesus can redeem you because it doesn't take silver and gold and stuff you can conjure up. Uh, it takes precious blood. But beyond the fact that when we're redeemed, we belong to him, Peter goes a little further. The sum of money used for the price of redemption was referred to in the Greek. The sum that the idols used was referred to in the Greek as timae. And when Peter describes the blood of Jesus, he makes a play on that word. He uses a Greek word, timio. The difference between timae and timio is timae is a price that anyone may be able to come up with. But timio, timio is unique. It's rare. It's precious. There's none like it. Amen. Men may redeem themselves. Men may buy themselves out of their situation. Men may better themselves. Men may pull themselves up by the bootstraps. But what Jesus Christ does for you, you can't do that for yourself. Amen. You can't redeem yourself. You can't bring yourself up in a place uh, where you're washed uh, clean from sin. You can't bring yourself uh, in a place uh, where the wages of sin uh, are no longer held over your head. Amen. That blood, he said, is precious blood. There's no blood like that blood. It's unique. It's priceless. It's rare. It's a treasure beyond anything this world has ever seen. It's valuable. There's nothing like it. You can't get this at the marketplace. You can't get this by selling everything you have. This is redemption that you cannot provide for yourself. It only comes through the blood. And there's no substitute for the blood. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 said, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. His blood does what no other blood can do. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. I'm reminded again, I asked Brother Ryan to help me with two songs. This one they sung when I was a kid. I, I looked it up. I didn't even remember all the words. Just a little refrain. Amen. His blood was not just blood of another spotless lamb. I'm so thankful to know today uh, his blood uh, was precious blood. Uh, amen. Why don't you, do you know it? Uh, amen. It's an old song. Uh, why don't you sing it with him? His blood uh, was not just blood. 
His blood was not just blood of another spot. His blood was precious, precious blood. For it was the sins Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His blood, it heals my body and sets my spirit free. I'm so glad His precious blood still flows from Calvary. Why don't you sing it with Him? He's going to do it one more time. Why don't you lift your voice right now? Come on. His his blood, His blood was not just blood. His blood, <laughs> another spotless lamb. His blood was precious blood. Oh, hallelujah! the sins of men, and His blood oh, healed my, my body <laughs> and sets my spirit free. Hallelujah. His blood was precious blood. It washes away every sin. His blood was precious blood. It heals my body. His blood was precious blood. It sets my spirit free. His blood gives me new life. His blood gives me new hope. His blood gives me a new future. His blood covers all my guilt and all my shame. His blood atones for a multitude of sin. His blood soothes my suffering. His blood restores my broken spirit. There's no substitute for it. His blood is precious blood. Hallelujah. I'm talking this morning about the blood of Jesus. And I've just barely touched the surface of what all it does. There is no way I could take the time to share with you the vast mysteries of the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul said, it's the blood that brings us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood uh, even the forgiveness of sins nothing else can do that Amen. in Ephesians Paul said that it's the blood that brings us into fellowship with God Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13 but now in Christ Jesus ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ amen sin creates a, a, a gap it separates you from God it puts a gulf in between you and God you can't get to him with sin in your life oh but the blood of Jesus it bridges that gap some of you were afar off some of you were separated from him oh but the blood it brings you into fellowship with him Hallelujah. it's a blood that restores 
the peace between you and God. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 20 said, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. Amen. Nothing else can do that. Uh, nothing else can bring peace uh, to the chaos of your life. Uh, nothing else can remove uh, the guilt of sin that makes you uncomfortable in the presence of a holy God. Uh, only blood uh, can do that. Uh, only the blood of Jesus uh, can accomplish that. Indeed, when it comes to salvation, there really is no substitute for the blood. But if you give me just a moment, I, I want to talk to you about one more thing that the blood does. The blood that flows through your body acts to you as a cleansing agent. When your body converts oxygen into energy, the byproducts of that transaction are a threat to the integrity of your body. And the same blood that carries to you life also carries away from your cells the poisons that would kill you and the acids that would destroy your body. Have you ever cut off the circulation in a particular part of your body? Perhaps you woke up in the middle of the night and realized that your arm was in severe pain because you were laying on it in such a way that you cut off the flow of the blood. Perhaps maybe in a much simpler setting, you just put a blood pressure cuff on and you pump that thing up until it says you can quit. And if you, if you don't start letting it out, at that moment you just keep that cuff where it is, after just a, just a few seconds, your, your hand will begin to tingle. Uh, amen. That tingling, that feeling uh, that you get, that's the building up uh, of the byproducts uh, that the blood uh, it carried oxygen to your cells, uh, and your cells have consumed that oxygen and made energy, uh, and now they produce that byproduct uh, that is damaging to you. Uh, and if you don't open up that cuff uh, and let the blood flow, if you just keep it there uh, for just a little while, uh, that little bit of tingling uh, will become searing pain. Uh, that pain is the result uh, of the cells in that part of your body being overwhelmed by the waste products uh, that they have created, uh, that the blood is not taking away from them. In other words, your blood doesn't just deliver life, it sustains life. Your blood does more than just bring you oxygen. It cleanses your body. It carries away things that can harm you. It takes those things to your kidney. This is why it matters, Granny, that your kidney works. It takes those things to your liver, and it gets those things out of your body. It cleanses them away from you. I'm here to tell somebody in this house on a Sunday morning, you need the blood of Jesus for more than just salvation. You need the blood of Jesus to wash and cleanse you on a regular basis. The daily transactions of life leave things in your spirit that need to be washed away by the blood of Jesus. The things that you come into contact with, the situations that you encounter, the emotions that are generated by life's conflicts, uh, all of those things uh, need to be regularly washed uh, by the blood uh, of Jesus. Uh, and nothing else can do for you what that blood does. You can distract yourself you can entertain yourself, you can make yourself busy, and you can forget the hurts and the pains and the bitterness and the little pieces of unrighteousness that are broken off in your spirit, but nothing can wash them away. 
but the blood of Jesus. I want to go back one more time to Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14. These are they which have come out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I'm closing with this. The imagery of that verse alludes all the way back to the consecration of Israel at Mount Sinai when God was given the law. There, the children of Israel were commanded to wash their clothing in preparation for the appearance of God on the mountain. He's holy. God's holy. And he's about to make his presence manifest. They're not going to see him face to face like Moses will see him. But they're going to see a glory cloud. They're going to see great flashes of lightning, a fire burning on that mountain. And God said, you can't see that unless you cleanse yourself. you got to wash yourself. you got to purify yourself. you got to make yourself ready for the coming of the Lord. Listen to me, church. Uh, he's coming back again. Uh, and I have to be ready for His coming. Uh, he's coming back again. Uh, and you have to be ready for His coming. Uh, the command was simple. Uh, while you're waiting for Him to appear, wash your garments. While you're waiting for him to come, cleanse uh, your garments. Uh, I believe that simple truth applies to us today. I, I believe that somebody on the sound of my voice needs to hear what I'm about to say. Someone once likened it to walking down a muddy road wearing a white robe. I've been washed in the blood, Brother Jimmy. He washed me light and clean, perfect. But when I go out in the world, I'm walking through the filth and the muck and the mire of this world. And if you walk down a muddy road in a white robe, by the time you get to where you're going, no matter how careful you have been, the mud will somehow have stained that robe. Maybe just along the fringes at first. Maybe just the very bottom portion will be discolored by that mud. But if you don't do something about it, if you don't cleanse it, if you don't wash it, if you don't maintain it, it'll keep spreading until it stains the whole thing. There's only one thing that can wash away the stains of this world, and it's the blood of Jesus. What I'm trying to tell you is there are things that break off in your spirit. There are attitudes that you encounter. There are situations you come you don't necessarily go out seeking them out but they seek you out there's hurt and there's disappointment there's pain and there's bitterness and those things begin to break off in your spirit and you listen to your pastor you need to get to the blood of Jesus and you need to wash that and you need to cleanse that you need to that's what he said while you're waiting for my coming wash your garment and make them clean there's overcoming power in the blood of Jesus it's a power that conquers everything in this world but you need to be washed in that blood on a regular basis. You can't afford to let the stuff of this life collect in your spirit. Because if you do, it'll kill you. Go ahead. Put a tourniquet on your arm and tighten it up long enough that it cuts off the blood flow. And leave it that way. And eventually, your arm will die. Because it can't live without the blood. When you cut yourself off from the flow of his blood, you're killing yourself spiritually. It's not instantaneously. It doesn't happen in just a moment. It's a slow process. 
But mark my words, you can't live without the blood. Paul said it this way. Would you stand with me? Author, writer, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, of much of the New Testament, divinely used of God, a missionary who opened continents to the ministry of the Word of God, carried the gospel to a whole generation of people, a whole culture of people that would never have known him if it wasn't for that apostle to the Gentiles. He preached under the anointing of God. He was called to be an apostle by God and discipled by God in the wilderness. Whenever God encountered him on that, or when he encountered God on that road to Damascus, the Lord sent him to wait for a preacher. A preacher came to him and preached to him the name of Jesus. Told Saul, you got to repent of your sins. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You need that blood. Whenever God first spoke to Ananias, you read it for yourself in the book of Acts. Ananias said, God, are you aware of who he is? Don't you know why he came? He's bad man. He came to do bad things. Nothing can change a man like that but the blood of Jesus. Ananias and Paul responds. He repents of his sins. He's baptized in the name of Jesus. He's filled with the Spirit of God. He becomes an evangelist and a missionary of the grace of God. He goes everywhere preaching salvation. But I want you to hear the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27. This is what Paul said. He said, I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. Daily, he said, I, I die. Daily, I come before the throne of God. Daily, I seek out his presence. Lest, by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I'm going to tell you something. If the Apostle Paul could lose out with God, then who am I? And who are you? I tell you who I am. I'm somebody who needs the blood of Jesus. You're somebody who needs the blood of Jesus. Not just once in a while. Not just once upon a time. Not just one time somewhere in your past. You need to get into the flow of that blood. And you need to let it wash you. And you need to let it cleanse you. And you need to let it touch you. And you need to let it change you. You need the blood of Jesus. I need the blood of Jesus. We need the blood of Jesus. Listen, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. Science tells me, I, I don't have any of this knowledge for myself. Ryan and my wife, they may learn these things in school, but I didn't. Science tells me there's not a single cell anywhere in your body that is more than a hair's breadth away from the flow of the blood. Those little capillaries, they get as small as one-tenth of the size of a hair, human hair. They get down to the very smallest parts of your body. Nowhere is there a cell anywhere in your body further removed from the flow of blood than a single hair's breadth. Once again, the physical 
reflects the spiritual. And I have good news for somebody in this house on a Sunday morning. You're never out of reach of the blood of Jesus. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you are in your life. I don't care what the situation or the circumstance is. His blood is flowing through this place this morning. And you're never out of reach of the blood. It's just right there. Amen. No matter where you find yourself in life, you're never very far away from the blood. No matter where you walk in life, you're never very far away from the blood. But you got to tap into it. You got to reach out and get a hold of it. You got to open up yourself and say, Lord, let your blood flow through my life. I come to tell you, from the weakest to the strongest, from the youngest to the eldest, from from the the newest saint of God to the, the furthest from God. Every one of us needs today to come to an altar and be plunged again into the flow of that precious blood. There is a fountain that flows from Emmanuel's vein. There's a life-giving flow of the blood of Jesus in this place. I need it. You need it. We all need it. There's nothing else that can do what that blood will do. And so I want to open these altars, and I want to invite you to come. Find a place of prayer. Turn your heart towards heaven. Uh, You may need a refreshing. Uh, Your refreshing's in the blood. You may need forgiveness. Uh, Your forgiveness is in the blood. You may need liberty from bondage. You may find yourself wrapped up in an addiction. Uh, Your liberty is in the blood. Uh, You may just need to wash your garment. Uh, You may just need just to get rid of some things uh, that have gotten into your spirit, some jealousy, some bitterness, uh, some hurt feelings. Uh, some anger and wrath and malice uh, amen oh let the blood of Jesus flow oh I need that blood you need that blood we need that blood oh let the blood of Jesus flow oh let the blood of Jesus flow There's no substitute for it. There's nothing else that can do it. I can't get this anywhere else. I can't get this from any other source. Uh, There's nothing else in my life. Uh, They can't put it in a bottle. They can't prescribe it in a pill. Uh, Amen. They can't do it in some kind of self-help routine. Only the blood. Jesus, Jesus. Why don't you call out to him right now? Why don't you turn your heart over to him and tell him, I need your blood, Jesus. I'm not too proud to say I need your blood. I'm not too proud to say I need you, Jesus. I need you.